0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 124 of A Wrestling Gal Podcast, providing you with a female perspective on all things wrestling. Join me, your host and wrestling enthusiast, Ella J. as today I am joined by the co-host of the Hot Tag Hooligans Podcast and author of Independent Road, A Wrestler's Journey. Aaron Shafter. Now let's chat. Hello, everybody. Today, I am joined by a pro wrestling podcaster and author of Independent Road, A Wrestler's Journey, Aaron Shafter. So how are you doing today, Aaron?
1: Doing pretty well. Just got to the hotel uh and it's been a pretty crazy day so far
0: it's about time we got you on the other side of the podcasting biz right now on the other side of the interview so how are you feeling to be on the other side for you know once
1: you know what it, it's an <laughs> honor to have anyone actually you know and i think we're this way whenever we have our guest one as far as wrestlers go it's always an honor to speak mm-hmm. with anybody interested in speaking with us so
0: well, firstly, how does it feel to finally be a published author and have a successful launch of your book? Oh,
1: man. Let me tell you, this was a crazy process. Um, the original plan was for it to be done in December, and things just didn't pan out the way I yeah. hoped. And everything started slowing down, slowing down. And of course, anytime you're dealing with talent, you know this, you know, things come up. Uh, the, The brakes get pumped a little bit, but finally to have it roll out and the response that it's gotten so far is well worth it. And it's not just well worth it for me because I do these things for my kids. You know, I want to leave a legacy for them one day. And so to for their dad to have something happen of this nature, I think it's something that they'll be proud of in years to come.
0: You definitely should be, too, because this is something me and you have been talking about for months, like behind the scenes on your book. And to finally have it come into fruition and published probably feels amazing. So I'm so proud of you. I know the struggles you've had. We've talked a bit about this, but to finally have it out there. And it's at the time of this, it's like, what, fourth in the sports category, right?
1: I haven't got a chance to look today because, like I said, today's been crazy with me traveling. But last night, we were number four on the bestsellers list uh, under sports for Barnes and Nobles. And I really can't wait for it to drop on Amazon as well uh, and see how much more it takes off after that happens. But they told me it could be a couple of weeks before that actually comes to fruition.
0: Yeah. Who knows with technology, everything's delayed, I feel like, but before we get more into your book, can you kind of enlighten us on your first memories of professional wrestling? Since your book is mainly about professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know me, uh, I'm born and raised in Kentucky in a small town in Kentucky, and so I've been very blessed throughout my life as far as being around professional wrestling. Uh, Jerry Lawler's USWA was always on my television growing up. Uh, Channel 7 is where it was at, and they would always run this circuit. You know, they would hit Memphis, then Nashville. And then they would swing up to Evansville, Indiana, which is exactly 30 minutes for me. And they would run the Coliseum every Wednesday night. And so that's some of my first memories of professional wrestling. And I was blessed enough to see people's careers like Lawler's, The Undertaker, The Rock, even. Uh, Shawn Michaels wrestled at my local high school uh, coming through. And I remember watching him and Marty actually get into a real fight uh, and Sean kind of just walk out before the match actually happened at our high school. Uh, it it's just great memories. Uh, sometimes I really wish wrestling was kind of like that. Still,
0: so. I would have killed. Granted, I I wasn't born yet, but I would have killed to be. Part of something like that, especially growing up, like with Shawn Michaels, all those legends, like way back in the day. I would have loved to have been a part of that. So that's amazing that you've kind of also gotten to see not only yourself grow up, but them grow up and evolve over the last many years. So that's amazing.
1: But it's heartbreaking too because yeah. you look at it, all my childhood is kind of ending in a way. And when you look at the talent that's all there, I believe in them, but I don't know that the companies believe in all them as, yeah. as it used to be.
0: Yeah, I know it. It's a and you talk about that in your story in your book too. So, what actually prompted you to start diving more into independent wrestling and exploring the stories of many of the talent that we see today?
1: Well, this was an idea I had fifteen years ago. Ah. I never really pulled the trigger on it. I, you know, Dave Metzler sent it out 15 years ago that I was looking to do this book. And I've got quite a few inquiries. Some of those names turned out to be big WWE stars and impact wrestling stars at the time. And it was probably about a year or so ago. I went back and I saw those messages and I was like, oh, what a dummy. What a dummy. You know, you could have had Seth Rollins, you could have had all of these talent uh, in, in a book 15 years ago, and you just didn't have the guts for it. So for me, it was time because I have fallen in love with independent wrestling from year 2001 is where I really started focusing on that. And I would always follow their careers. And I would get kind of disgusted with the way some of their careers wound up once they got to the major promotions. And I wanted to know a little bit more about the people who are struggling, who are still trying to make it. Because when you go to a local show right now, some of those talents that are wrestling have been wrestling for over 20 years and they've never had the break. So what keeps them going? And that was, you know, very interesting to me.
0: So this inception of the idea has been around for 15 years. So how long did it actually, once you actually finally sat down and got everything together, how long did it take you to write, coordinate, and put this book together?
1: Oh my goodness. Luckily COVID came. Yeah. This is only going to be the only time anyone ever says luckily COVID came Uh, because without COVID, my life probably wouldn't have slowed down enough to really put that time and effort into it. I remember sitting at work with Tom, and for people who don't know, Tom is my co-host with the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast Show. And I just told him, you know, I really want to write this book. And he was really pumped about it. I mean, he truly was. I was like, well, I just don't know. I don't know if I want to put the time into it. And something just hit with me. Like, And for people who don't know, I'm in my 40s. I'm 41 years of age. If I was going to do it, now's the time to do it. And so I uh, went back to Dave Metzler and I was like, hey, throw this out there again. And sure enough, here came the emails. Um, you know, we had about 100, 115 people actually apply for it um, and tell me their stories. I mean, I've got enough right now. I'd probably write three books off this stuff uh, if I go back and get some of these people. And then there were some that I reached out to as well. And the total process, I would say, was 11 months but nine months of actual writing.
0: Wow. And talking about, you touched upon this kind of relationship you have with Dave. How did this kind of relationship like formulate like many years ago? I,
1: I was a wrestling observer subscriber for, for many years. I mean, and it's not just in the digital form where I would run to make sure I was at the post office in the post box to get my observer newsletter, uh, which nowadays is such so frowned upon by you know people in the business the dirt sheets you know they can't stand it but for me I loved it and i wish people would understand the reason why i loved it it's because i was getting the news from japan i was getting the news from mexico uh yeah there was the tidbits of the rumors and the spoilers and stuff but i really wanted to find out what was going on everywhere else mm-hmm. that i wasn't able to see and so um, I would send in reports to Dave whenever they would come to Evansville, Indiana. And so Dave's always been pretty, pretty open. You know, if you would send him a, a question, he's good to answer it back. If he's got the answer for you or lead you to somewhere else uh, for this book, you know, there was a time I had a question about Luke Fisto, who's in the book and he sent me one direction, a hundred percent to, to get that answer I needed to get. So as much as people like to kick Dave a lot, Dave's a really good guy who loves the business, uh, yeah, just like anyone else
0: does. That's really cool, too. You've been able to have a build a rapport with somebody in the wrestling industry for so many years now. And I feel like, like you said, this COVID situation has kind of been hard for a lot of people, but it's also been a benefit, too, for like us podcasters, too. And it gave you time to write your book and like integrate ourselves and interact more with the wrestling community who we might have not because people don't have a lot of time. So that has definitely been one benefit for me, and I'm sure you as well, is definitely building relationships and also uh, continuing forward with existing relationships as well within the wrestling community.
1: Oh, absolutely. If I don't write this book, we don't have a podcast. And I'm very honest on that. You know, Me and Tom talked for the last three years about starting a podcast, but we never would have the nerve to do it. But once I popped off that first interview uh, with a talent, And I was like, man, we got to do this. It's it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be because, you know, there's that, uh, I don't know how the talent's going to react to me. Are they going to be kind of snooty, snobby? Mm -hmm. And I had no one who was like that. I mean, everyone was pretty open and, and really friendly. And they seemed really interested. And you got any more questions, just call me. You got any more questions, just message me. And I was like, wow. we're really building a rapport here and here we are now you know I've met some amazing people since we've started this whole process from other podcasters like yourself uh, Tea Time with Tommy um, you know we're getting messages right and left from people and it's a great feeling I love this community of wrestling podcasters and wrestling journalists I, I just love it
0: That's something too that you had messaged me about my first message from you was still, I think you guys are only maybe a month into, and this is something that listeners don't know, but Aaron and I have been, uh, it's been what, like five, five, six months now? Um, like basically the first month of podcasting, you're obviously, you're still working, you're still figuring things out. But once you get comfortable and you like integrate yourselves more into this community, it just becomes so naturally and hard work pays off and opportunities will arise. It's just finding your footing. And like we said, not running until you can walk first. So that's definitely something that you've taught me too. I don't know. I've referenced that in a few other interviews. Like when people ask me for advice, I reference that message that you sent to me, Aaron. Well,
1: and it's crazy because, I, you know, I have a journalism background. I was yeah. a sports newspaper for a long time, but nothing is like this. Right. I mean, nothing really prepares you for that one time where you ask someone a question and you kind of get ghosted and they don't want to answer it yeah. kind the other way. But you're a rock star. And, and I don't I don't care to tell anybody that. Uh, I believe you're a tremendous rock star in this industry right now. Uh, and I have no problem swallowing my pride to ask for help or guidance with anything because that's where we're all going to learn and that's where we're all going to grow to help. And it's all about supporting the talents, mm-hmm. not about us. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win.
0: I definitely agree. I've learned so much from so many other journalists, content creators, podcasters, everybody in this wrestling community, like you said, we all feed off of each other and that's how we build up ourselves through hard work and genuine connection and networking so we all feed off of each other, which is amazing. And speaking of, like you said, you've had many guests on Hot Tag Hooligans now, we gotta talk a little bit about the cover of your book, which showcases some of the talents featured in your book like Billy Starks, Effie, Lou Molly Spartan and much more. So who? else for the readers who don't know who else is on the cover that the readers should know about i believe alex gracia is on it right too yeah
1: alex gracia facade who's been wrestling around uh for the longest time and very underutilized and gino rivera who is one of the best guys i have ever come in contact with in my life like if there's one person out of the book that i wish that i could really meet one-on-one it's gino rivera uh, his story to me is just remarkable. And he's very authentic in everything he says and does. And I really believe that. And I could be a fool one day, but I, you know, things happen. You never know, you know, everything that's behind closed doors. But, you know, that is the one thing about this book. Everyone is so different, but their goal is all the same. And that's what makes it so unique. And like you said, Billy, you know, I'm in the Big Star's brand now. I love it. Can't can help it.
0: She's amazing.
1: Yeah, and you look at Alex Gracia when we when we started this interview process, she was still making her way through mm-hmm. reality wrestling, but now she's getting opportunities on AEW, and I'm so excited for her. Every single time that she's on, like I make sure I tune into AEW Dark, and when she got to wrestle Sheeta, mm-hmm. I was to myself, "Wow, she's made it." You know, whether she thinks she's made it or not. She's made it. And I want them to all to believe in it. And okay, of course, Effie. Oh, Lord.
0: <laughs> he's, you know, he, he's out here running his own shows, which is pretty I mean, flipping fantastic.
1: Whenever I was done translating the whole interview with Effie, yeah. I could have had 97 pages just on Effie. Wow. Like his life is movie material, 100% movie material. And he's authentic. And that's why if you've already got the book or if you haven't, the title of his chapter is No Title Needed. It's Effie. What a unique character. I love him.
0: I know. You talk about, though, that there's a lot of aspects going into independent wrestling with the rise and the fall. It's never just one linear path sometimes. So what do you think is one of the biggest struggles in independent wrestling as wrestlers try to carve their own paths, as you say, in the description of your book?
1: (laughs) Developing the character that people will relate to and care about. That, to me right now, is the hardest problem. Um, But then, of course, you do have the ones who can. And then they get smashed once they get to the main roster, as far as that goes. But when you look at somebody like Billy, Billy Starks, she has the character. She has it down right now. There's really no much tweaking that that happened with her. She's got it. But it's her turned up to eleven. It's her normal self turned up to 11. And I think people just need to be authentic with who they are and how they're developing their characters. There was someone recently that said the 80s wrestling would never work today because no one would ever believe that Kamala was actually a Ugandan headhunter. And it's true. If he was on my television right now, I'd be like, this guy is really not a Mm Ugandan headhunter. So we've got to evolve with the times and evolve with the characters. And I think it's something that a lot of independent wrestlers struggle with. They try to copy people too much, and they just need to be themselves.
0: Now, conversely, what do you think is one of the best things or aspects about independent wrestling that you've learned through your research or your own experience? What do you think is one of the best things?
1: To me, the absolute best thing about independent wrestling is that their match quality for me. Yes, there is a lot of the super kicks and the flips, Yeah, but it's so different than what I'm getting on Monday night. Uh, I think a lot of people, and I'm not just saying Monday, Monday and Wednesday nights, let's just say it that. We can all sit down. We can see things coming a mile away. That we is really, true. We can watch a match. We know this is about to happen, which is going to lead to this. And when I'm watching independent wrestling, I, don't, I get surprised a lot. I want that shock value a lot. I want to not necessarily know who's going to win this match every week. I don't like the repetitiveness of the matches. Uh, There's only so many times that I could watch Ricochet versus Mustafa Ali. Uh, I don't need it five weeks in a row. So that's what independent wrestling gives that people really need to pay more attention to. And guess what? There's no professional wrestling on the major promotion levels without independent wrestling. And for everyone that says, well, they used to create stars. No, the territories were basically independent wrestling. We just didn't realize that they were independent wrestling. You know, Jerry Lawler's USWA, the AWA, yes, they were major promotions, but they were independent wrestling compared to the WWE and NWA, WCW.
0: I feel like, too, with independent wrestling, they have more of freedom, to do what they want and because they're not on the grander scale where sometimes like backstage politics or certain networks like have a say in the matter and they have more opportunities to showcase themselves too, because they're not as restricted. So that's another great thing about independent wrestling that I love. People aren't held back as much on that stage too.
1: Well, yeah. Like you're talking about the freedom. Yes. One of my book would love to be signed to a long-term contract, but they also love their freedom. Yeah. You know, and Effie could care less if he's ever signed because he loves his freedom and he loves everything that he's able to do right now. And let's be honest, if he was signed to a major promotion, he wouldn't get to do any of it. So I'm all for those. used to, I'd be like, I can't believe they don't want to go to the major promotions. But now I understand it. I really do. Like, there are so many great talents right now that I just wish had their freedom um, and they don't have it now.
0: Now, do you have a favorite wrestling independent wrestling promotion or show that you've been to or that you've watched? And can you tell us more about the experience?
1: Yeah, right right now, one of the ones that's kind of closest to me uh, in the Kentucky area is New Wave Pro. Okay. Um, I really enjoy them a lot. They are on IWTV. They've got a lot of great up-and-coming talent. You know, Billy works for them quite a bit. Kayla Cassidy's worked for them. Braden Lee, who I, who's also in the book, uh, has great amateur background and he's already got some feet in some places, uh, and he's going to have a great career as well. Uh, miles don't dies there and they do a really good job of bringing people in like solo darling, um, to some shows like that. And I've really liked synergy, uh, since I've got the IWTV. um, You know, I love Gabby Ortiz. I think they do an excellent job as well. And Paradigm Pros, pretty good.
0: There's a lot of great companies too that, honestly, if it wasn't for IWTV or like Title Match Network or... I'm missing a few of the, uh, or like fight TV. I wouldn't know about some of these promotions, you know, from seeing it on the timeline from people watching it. And we're in an era where you can discover new independent promotions that you wouldn't have known like 20 years ago without the internet and stuff like that. So it's being more accessible and being able to explore and expand your knowledge on independent wrestling, which I've been able to do in the last two years. So that's another like great advantage of all of like the modern day, I think.
1: Yeah, if you're a fan of pro wrestling and you're not subscribing to uh, IWTV, you're really missing out, Uh, especially since they started putting up some of the shows like The Collective. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at The Collective and they're going to have a monster another show down towards the Tampa area for WrestleMania weekend. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Those shows may end up being better than what WrestleMania actually is
0: very possible and very likely so we'll see i don't doubt that both will be great though i i'm definitely it's sometimes hard though to balance watching both because i'll sometimes have to flip between screen and screen especially on wednesday nights um but it i mean it, we, it's just the name of the game we love the sport so we're gonna be able to watch back that's another great feature too is you can watch stuff back if you miss it so
1: yeah i'm lucky enough aew comes back on at 10 p.m uh, so, where I'm at, I can actually watch NXT, and then I'll record AEW, and I'll go back and watch the AEW. Yeah, so, I don't yeah. – yeah, hey, I was there for the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> I know all about that. Uh,
0: <laughs> Woof. See, I wasn't, but I feel like it's like a Wednesday night war now, but yeah. Now, we also mentioned earlier, you are the host of the Hot Tag Hooligans podcast, which I've been able to be a part of, which I'm honored by, with your co-host, Tom. So you talked a little bit about what prompted you to finally start it last year. So do you, I guess, too, what was your experience like, especially during that initial interview? What was your initial reactions to finally, once you got it done and the experience? Well, we
1: did a trial run, which ended up being being our first episode. I thought it went okay. Um, And we interviewed Adam Vanderbilt III, which is a manager down here in the Tennessee Mm -hmm. area. And he's a childhood friend of mine. Grew up down the road from me and moved away. So I was like, let's do Adam. It's perfect. We'll be okay. Watching back now, man, that show is not the best of shows. It has nothing to do with Adam. It's just the quality of it. You know, I was kind of sitting in a recliner, Tom was really trying to figure out what to do and what to say. Adam was kind of just sitting there, but we picked it up really fast, I believe. And we did it by watching other people's podcasts. We're like, that's the way we should set up the camera. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need that. And like I said, I had no problem reaching out to people like yourself and being like, hey, how do you, you know, and so it's good now yeah
0: it's definitely learning I still cringe at my first couple episodes because I was so nervous and I was like like what am I doing and just overanalyzing everything but you do pick it up and you learn from other people or another great benefit is the the internet so yeah you definitely pick it it up really quickly
1: it was like a low budget independent wrestling show. yeah that's what it was I, I, I didn't have a green screen I didn't have a fancy background it was just a Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> lighting is okay. terrible.
0: It's okay, Aaron. You're building yourself. You're doing fantastic now. It's okay. Like I said, my first episode took me eight hours to record and edit because I was like, what am I doing? So it's okay. It's okay. But is there any episode or moment that stands out to you during, during your experience and your podcast so far, whether it be because of the guest or there was an amazing story or just organic moment? You know what? Getting to
1: speak with Luke Fist, though, was, and I tell people this, was probably one of the highlights. Yes, she was in my book, but she is just someone who's been there. And when we finally got her on, the stories were different. Everything changed as far as our show goes. I really believe that as far as me and Tom felt more comfortable And and I don't know if it's somebody because we had really been watching them for a longer period of time where some of the other talent we have on, we hadn't been watching as much. We didn't know as much about. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just that familiarity of her story uh, and the struggles and her experience, that was great. And then, of course, Thunder Rosa, you know, we got her right that week. She was hot. I mean, Mm -hmm. not hot now, but... When everyone, the rumors were flying. Where is she going? Mm-hmm. Where is she? And that was another big breaking point for us. But yeah, I've loved every show that we've had so far. I mean, the same thing with Gino Rivera. I could watch, look at Gino Rivera's toy collection for three hours, you know, and listen to his life stories. It's just the people make the shows, not us.
0: Now, in terms of dream guests, I'm sure we all have a list swirling in our mind. Who are some of the people at the top of your personal dream guest list, Aaron? Okay,
1: the the one I'll never get
0: is Bret Hart. I mean, fair enough. Mine's Shawn Michaels. So, (laughs)
1: yeah, we've all got that one where we know (laughs) it's probably never gonna. Can I do it like a men's and a women's? Sure. Okay, for the men right now, I would really like to get Chris Bay on. I just think there's so much potential with him. And even just following him on Twitter, you know, he's. Just got that charisma part with him. And I think it would be a fantastic interview Uh, because let's be honest, three years ago, probably no one knew who Chris Bay was. And now people are starting to know Mm -hmm. Chris. And then on the women's side. Okay. I'm not going to lie. It's Bobby Tyler. I love her. (laughs) I just, and I love our guests from overseas. I just love it.
0: And for people who don't know, Bobby Tyler is in stardom right now. She was part of Tokyo Cyber Squad and she's doing a lot in Rev Pro because she's mainly from the UK scene. So she's in between Japan and the UK for people who maybe aren't as familiar with her. But Bobby's fantastic.
1: Yes, yeah. And that's the thing. Whenever we've interviewed the people from, you know, over in Europe or Scotland or wherever they're at, it's just another, you know acorn that falls off the tree because their stories and their struggles and everything that's going on in their life is completely different than what's Mm -hmm. going on over in the u.s uh from even the covid conversations are way different and so it brings a whole new realm to to our show and it's been some of our favorite interviews so far
0: Yeah, especially talking to the UK people because their COVID situation is insane. Like on their third lockdown and Australia, uh, parts of Australia are fine, but parts of Australia are a mess as well. It's just interesting to like compare situations with the world because we're all dealing with it, but each country and place is different. So I understand that.
1: Oh, and we're going to get Kingsley on at some point. So Kingsley, listen, we just can't get that time right. I know. It is just, you know, for anyone who doesn't know the time difference between where I'm at in Kentucky and where she's at, really hours. 17 hours,
0: Yeah,
1: we're going to get it done one of these days. If I have to pull an all nighter, you know, and she's been really understanding too. Uh, you know, she, she's great as far as responding back. And if you're a, not a fan of Bobby Tyler, or you're not a fan of Chris Bay, and I didn't say your name, you're a professional wrestler. I'm sorry. I really am. But <laughs> She, she asked the question on who are mm-hmm. two people I would really want on the mm-hmm. show at STEM2 right now.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait for you guys to finally link up with Kingsley. She, she's a hoot. She's amazing. You're going to love her. You guys are going to create something really cool. I can't wait. Now, lastly, what are some of your goals or hopes within the next year, whether personally or professionally?
1: Okay. For anyone who does not know, what I'm about to say has not been discussed with Ella at all. But I'm going to put her on the spot. And I don't want, I do not want you to freak out when I ask this. So, my plan in the next year is to drop another book. Okay. It is going to be purely women based. And I would like you to write my forward. For anyone who don't know, she's speechless. Yes.
0: Oh my God.
1: Who else to write the forward for this book? than you, who is totally in tune with the women's product and probably the biggest supporter that I know of as far as women wrestling goes. Uh, So that's the plan. I'm going to get through this vacation I'm on first. I'm going to take a breather, and then I'm going to probably kick the tires on a few people and put it out there. But, yeah, that's the plan. You know, I told T-Times, Tea Time with Tommy, the same way I have this idea for a pure women's book. Um, I think it needs to be told. Uh, Nothing against the men, but I think the men still get a lot of credit, and they should. But it's time for people to turn the page a little bit. And let's get with these women, and let's figure out their life stories, just like on Independent Road. I'm going to dive into them. We're going to tell it. We're going to get it done.
0: We're going to get it done challenge that's right. accepted that's Right, you accept i said challenge accepted that's right so let's do it oh my god okay he caught me off guard guys i wasn't I ready i rehearsed it
1: <laughs> I this was not rehearsed but yes i mean i'm just really passionate about it you know what i'm saying and that and that's what i want people to understand whether you like wrestling or you do not like wrestling it's about people's lives it's it's not necessarily about wrestling. I had so many people tell me, well, I'd buy your book, but I don't like wrestling. It's not about wrestling. It's about fighting for equality for women like Lufisto did for so many years and overcoming stuff. It's about Effie who kicked a drug addiction, who, who's become one of the biggest stars in independent wrestling. It's about Gino Rivera, whose mom was a prostitute and left him and now look at him succeeding. It's about a 16-year-old dreamer named Billy Starks, who's going to take the world by storm in the next five years, like all of us out there have dreams, let's go do it, let's be supportive, let's be supportive of our wrestling brothers and sisters in our community, let's get
0: it. Let's do it, oh yeah, there's just so many power, there's so much power with telling stories, and that's Another reason why I think you can attest to this, why we do podcasting, too, is to share stories of, yeah, of course, like matches and stuff. But the person behind the wrestling character and their path and their personal struggles, because at the end of the day, they are human. Yes, they do play wrestling characters and have unique personas. But at the end of the day, there are people, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You, you run a podcast. I kind of know what you do outside of that. But I don't know about your whole life. You know, I wrote a book and I I do a podcast. You know what I do outside of here as well. Yeah. My whole life and my whole struggles. And I think that's the thing about anyone in life. They want to feel like they've accomplished something. They want to feel like people care. And it's the same thing with professional wrestlers. It really is.
0: Now, before I let you go, Aaron, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on your social media and where they can purchase Independent Road?
1: All right. So you can find me personally at on Facebook, Aaron Shafter, at Twitter, at Shaft. That's S-C-H-A-F-F-T-10. Uh, also at the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast Show. You know, we're on... YouTube, we try to put out a show every week when we can, uh, as well as Spotify, Anchor, Apple, and then, of course, the book right now, Independent Road, A Wrestler's Journey. Last time I checked, number four on the bestsellers list under Barnes & Nobles on the sports. Get at barnesandnobles.com or your local Barnes & Noble store. Um, I can only speak for the stores in my area. They have been sold out. Hopefully, your guys' stores are not sold out. If they are, they'll be glad to place an order for you right there as well. I uh, hope everyone orders a copy, enjoys it, and learns more about the great men and women that I told your stories.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Erin. It's been really fun chatting with you. And Like I said, how freaking cool is it to be a published author and have it out there and be successful? You're doing amazing things, and I hope you realize that.
1: I appreciate it. And I always will appreciate you for everything you've done for us. Uh, just keep up the good work. If you need anything from us, just let us know.
0: Thank you again. we Will do.
1: All right.